Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. And I'm Lee. And today we're going to be diving back into Ephesians 4, verse 17, and we will see where the good Lord takes us from there. (laughs) Um, Good Lord willing, we make it to at least verse 24. Uh, That's our goal today. We'll see. So, we'll see where that goes. Dude, happy Um, Reformation Day. Dude, happy Reformation Day. My, uh... Wife and kids, they're out handing out chocolates to all the little sinners and reprobates around town. Nice. So, uh, Some common grace I'm, for them sinners. <laughs> <laughs> handed them some 95 thesis statements. You know. Vipers and diapers. Vipers and diapers. Here we go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're, they're down there enjoying themselves and handing out kit, chocolate and doing the whole in town thing you know that's cool so way cool yeah how's how about you i'm doing good man uh had a had a full work week which was great and then so we're recording on saturday here and i just did a little out and about town time with my brother and got some fun events coming up this evening so i'm good right I'm doing on. good i'm looking forward to reformation sunday whoop whoop Shaving my head like a monk. <laughs> I'm actually, I, I actually thought about getting printing out a copy of the 95 theses and taping them up on the church door overnight and just seeing what oh, would happen in them. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'd be like, this is worth it. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I still man. may do it. I'm a rebel. I would so do it. I think they'd get a good kick out of it. <laughs> uh, shoot. So so as we dive back into chapter four, um, go ahead and give us some previous thoughts and what's leading up here into verse 17, Lee. Right on. So all the way up through chapter four here, we've been talking about unity. Uh, we've been talking about the centrality of Christ and his work and Um, the grace that's ours through him and because of that grace then we got a an explanation um, the last time we talked about the body of believers so with christ as the head which is always a good reminder but i think is especially timely for reformation day since we're talking about essentially uh the pope's overreach in believing himself to be the head of the church when Christ is the head of the church. So when Christ is the head of the church, 
uh, he builds up all the members of the body and all their different functions to be a healthy and active body. So now, uh, based on that discussion, showing that the power of the church comes through Christ himself to every member of the body, whether that member is an eye or a small intestine, a, a bit of the skin or, or whatever, a fingernail, that kind of a thing, all the power for the life of that member comes through Christ. And so now we're going to be talking about some specifics about the Christian walk and understanding where the the power to live the Christian life comes from, i.e. it comes from Christ, uh, that that is how we will ground our discussion of these um, imperatives that, that Paul is going to give us here. Paul's right, very right good at, at putting the indicatives before the imperatives, making sure that you understand where the ability to follow these commands comes from. And if we don't understand that Christ is grounding all of that, then we'll be legalists, and that's bad. Very bad. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for uh, summing that up for us and getting us started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So as we dive into chapter 4, verse 17, um, it, it reads as follows. Uh, so this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as Gentiles also walk in futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practices of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with all the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, and has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. This ends the reading. Wow. Wow. Right. I mean, Paul just comes in there with a straight throat punch, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, just gives you a punch right to the gut saying, look, you're no longer to walk as, as you walked previously before you heard of Christ. Now you are to walk in the newness of your mind with a renewed mind that is in the spirit um, as he talks about in Romans 8, mm -hmm. um, you are to walk in the newness of life, putting on the new self, which is righteousness, and taking off the old self. So you are in a constant battle daily with your flesh. So, you know, before we really dive into it verse by verse, uh, on an overview, I... I Immediately when we were reading it there, it brought to mind some of the uh, comments, and there, there are pastors around here that talk this way, but um, there's a way of thinking about Christians that there are mature Christians and there are carnal Christians. Have you have you heard about this before, the carnal yes. Christian idea? And this passage just kind of 
shoots an arrow right into the heart of that idea that there can be Christians for whom um, attempts to walk in righteousness don't really matter because they're a carnal Christian. But I don't see anywhere that Paul would make that distinction, especially not here where he's talking about Christians who seem to be decaying away in various uh, lusts and sins, and he calls them to toss them off, to not walk in those anymore. So it doesn't right. seem to me that the carnal Christian, the the kind of willingly sinning Christian because he doesn't know any better, is not a biblical category at all to place people in, it seems to me. But we also have to realize um, who Paul is writing to here, and this is the Church of Ephesus, um, and if we remember a very how worldly Ephes- place, <laughs> right, a very worldly place who worships Diana, who is a, a cult during this time and was one of the seven wonders of the world, which they called it back in Paul's mm, day. Right. Um, and if we also remember the church of Ephesus was also referenced, um, in the book of revelation. Um, we get, he they're actually a part of the seven churches right um that are to be that are holding the lampstand um and we we see this because they are one of the five churches who are being rebuked and who are going to have their lampstand removed and as of today and today's time and era there is no longer a church of Ephesus. Right. Um, and there is no longer a church in that area where there once was a church. Um, now it is dominated by Islamic faith. So, in in my opinion, I believe the lampstand has been removed um, from that area. Sure. And they have been rebuked and they have been completely removed. Um some may argue, but I mean, that was what the book of Revelations, and this is what Paul is kind of trying to reiterate to these people, that you are falling back into your old ways. You have been taught Christ by me, Paul. Um, I've been here for how many years? Over three years. And mm-hmm. like this was his longest place of dwelling. Um, which and he was really bonded had, with, with the people in this church. Right. I mean, they and, all cried the when pe- he left. The people of this church also had Apollos. Um, they had uh, Priscilla, um, Timothy, oh, yeah, right. and and John as well, um, who also wrote either, who also penned one of the Gospels, um, First, Second, and Third John, and the Book of Revelation. Um, and this was during his time here or during his time on Patmos, um, we don't know. Um, But we assume these guys here in Ephesus had strong biblical leaders who were grounding them in the foundations of Christ, and yet they were still clinging to their worldly possessions and worshiping the creature, not the creator, and their false idols and idolatries and sexuality and um, different different sins that were corrupting the men's the men and women of that that area. So, 
here Paul is trying to expound on what he has given in the unity of the Spirit in the beginnings of chapter 4, um, all the way till 16. And he's saying, now you are to walk in the manner you have been taught. You are to walk as Christ walked. Be as Christ was. Be an imitator. An imitator of Christ that we have shown you through the preaching and pro- the proclaiming of his gospels. You know, um, he talks about you have heard uh, of him and have been taught in him just as the truth is in Jesus. And in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. This is Paul saying, look, you are no longer to be darkened in the futility of your mind as it, as he states in verses 17 to 18 being darkened in your their understanding excluded from the life of God because of your your old ignorance or your hardness of of heart your callousness um, you are you are to be freed from all of this you know you are you're to be freed from the the, the grip of sin, you know, Christ has released you from the bondage that was upon you. Yeah, now that, you that are... bondage language is all through here, like yeah. where he talks about the futility of their mind, they're darkened in their understanding, they have ignorance in them, they're excluded from the life of God, they've become callous and then given themselves over to sensuality. That's all slavery language um or right. or bondage language um there he's juxtaposing this very prison-like existence under the reign of sin to the freedom of being a slave of god right yep and and it, it's weird so i didn't really until we got talking about this like when I made the connection with the church in Revelation mm-hmm. um, in Ephesus, I've actually been really diving into eschatologies, you know, and we've we've had talks of eschatology. Yeah, we have. Eschatology can be can definitely stir up emotions, and you know, but feelings. I mean, <laughs> but but I mean, when you make this connection about you have you have to look at the the bible as a whole you can't just look at one book and say okay let's just go from what it's saying right here mm-hmm. but we have to realize that paul is speaking this is written directly to the church of ephesus the people of ephesus you know we are we are reading the letter that was written to them um in in an updated language or rhetoric you know but we are we are reading exactly what was stated and what was going on in the mind of Paul to these people. And we see John go with the same flow. You know, I mean, he's talking about in in chapters 1 and 2 about uh, the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands, says, I know your deeds and your toil, and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test 
those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false, and you have perseverance, and have endured my namesake, and have not grown weary, but I have this against you, and that you have left your first love. Therefore remember from where you have fallen, and repent and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Yet this you ha- yet you do yet this you do have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate, which was uh, an apostle. An appointed apostle back in Acts, if you remember, back in Acts 6, I want to say, shoot, what was it, 630, uh, around there in Acts, Nicholas was appointed, um, let me see if I can find it, I'm almost, don't quote me, but I'm almost positive. Uh, Yeah, it's 6... 6, 5. Acts 6, 5. Okay, Acts 6, 5. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas. Nicholas, who who actually became... Antioch. and, And Nicholas became a false apostle, a false prophet. Um, during his time um and if you didn't know that look it up go ahead you just learned something today um (laughs) which a lot of these churches back in um asia minor were uh following under the 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 gnostic uh Mm -hmm. nicolaitans um during that time and were under his false teachings and were adhering to his teachings and this is exactly what john and is jesus actually, hated it yes and <laughs> jesus hated it and john is actually hitting on this in the book of revelation and a lot of this goes missed like you'll read through these um in revelation and you will just skim over it and you will totally miss some major points that you're not catching and it's it's very important that you catch it because it could definitely clear clear the air on some 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 degree so obviously I'm, the the Ephesian church didn't listen to the or didn't fully um, apply all of the instructions that Paul had given them if they were willing to fall in with um, the sneakiness of Gnostic theology at, at that time and lost the lampstand because of that. I would see yeah. this as a, a great, an incredible grace that we have the letter uh, that he wrote to them so that we, in in our time now, may not make the, the similar mistake to the one that they made back then uh, and keep our eyes on Christ and not getting... Um, getting swept away with a particular teacher here and there, um, that's a huge danger because I think we have a tendency now, like since you were mentioning about Nicholas, you know, you have you have a charismatic person 
who is able to, to speak really well and get you on his side. He may speak with some solid great authority at one point right with 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 authority you really believe him and then he begins to drift into uh into dangerous territory uh we need to be more like the bereans who took all the words that they were taught and went to the scriptures to double check yeah and if we do that i i think the lampstands of our churches will be will be much uh much stronger and more secure because we have to we have to base our our own Christian lives and uh, the, the elders need to protect the ground of the churches to make sure that we're not shifting over to sand having been built on the rock. Yeah. Um, turn over to Acts 10.10. 10. And it says, but became hungry, desiring to eat. And while they were making preparation, he fell into a trance. And he saw the sky opened. Uh, maybe it's not 1010. 10. Never mind. That's the Paul. Man, where was I on this? Fell into the first love. Yeah, it's Acts 6-5. You're right. Yeah, that's what that's where it was. The Gnostic. Um Nicholas was a disciple of the Gnostic heretic. Um, I'm reading this from where I where I read this and found this. Sorry. Um, this is from, I don't know if you guys know who the author is, uh, Steve Gregg, Revelation, Four Views, Parallel oh, Commentary. Right. Yeah. Gosh, that is um, such a good book. Yeah, I'm going to link that in the notes. Yes, definitely link that in the notes. I, I was trying to skim through here to find it. Um, in particular, a group of false teachers called Nicolaitans um, had attempted to insinuate themselves into the church fellowship, but had found the shepherds alert and had been exposed, um, a tradition having the support of some of the early church fathers identifies the Nicolaitans, who the follow- followers of Nicholas who was one of the seven men selected to serve the church in Acts 6-5, but later later became a heretical teacher. Some modern commentators um, suggest that Nicholas was a disciple of the Gnostic heretic Serenthius. Um, Whoever the Nicolaitans may have been, their teaching is compared in verse 15 with the with that of Balaam, who advocated sinful license and idolatrous practices and sexual immorality. Uh, Jesus shared the Ephesian church hatred for this movement, which is also um, had some advocates in the church of Pergamos um, in verse 15. Mm, right. Um, Though the Christian had not become weary and well-doing, we're going to jump down all the way through here, blah, blah, blah. Um, You can look this up yourself. Um, No amount of religious orthodoxy, labor, or loyalty can make up for the deficit in Christian love. 
Um, the warning that Christ will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place can hardly refer to its second coming and almost certainly speaks of the total extinction of the church in that location. Indeed, today there is no city or church in the Turkish, lo Turkish location that was once Ephesus. Islam has now been established in this region, which Paul once thoroughly evangelized. Um, wow. How how different might the history of that region have been had the church continued to practice in its first love? So wow. that's I, I actually was reading this today and I was like, oh wow, this is actually gonna go really good with today's podcast. And I totally forgot and it just came to me. So <laughs> bear with me. You uh, did accidental my, research. Uh, yeah, I did accidental research, which was kind of interesting, and uh, I apologize if I kind of confused you. But that uh, is really—it's really interesting because you're talking about the sensuality aspect. You know, there's there's two references in here: one to sensuality and one to um, lust for. I gotta find it here. Sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. That's one. Yep, that's and one. Then and then hardness of heart. Um, ignorance. Uh, he says something. Lust of uh, deceit in verse twenty-two, in it being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. And it's interesting that he uses that <clears throat> that language of lust or sensuality because, that, like you mentioned before, not only was Ephesus the epicenter for the worship of Diana, <coughs> but it was also a big market town as well in Paul's day. Right. And so there were all sorts of people coming off of ships, getting on ships, and getting themselves into a big mess of trouble when they hit the shore. Um, right. So it makes sense, I think, to, for him to be talking about not only sensuality and lust the way that we talk about it in a, in a sexual way, but even the lust of greediness, uh, the impurity of greediness or lust of deceit. Um, and I think, I think what you're also referring to is later on down in... Um chapter 5 um, where you're talking about uh, but immorality or, or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as mm -hmm. a proper among the saints um, yeah. and there must no be there must be no filthiness of silly talk or coarse jesting which is not fitting for rather giving the thanks for this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has impure uh, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive with empty words, for the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Bam. Um, yep. So same thing. Paul is really rebuking. You know, he's really trying to give a hard rebuke to these these men and women, telling them, "Look, get it together." Because God will remove you, mm -hmm. and you will, He will remove Himself. He will, um, it, uh, Romans one. You know, He He will give you over. You know, uh, mm -hmm. where yep. He's talking about, I gave you over to the, which is which is kind of interesting. Now that we're talking about this, it's kind of interesting that Romans one, um, if if it isn't kind of talking about these men and women here, you know, kind of, 
if Paul wasn't kind of writing the Romans and Ephesians at the same time, you know, and he's kind of Well, I mean, like, it's a it's a human problem, boom. you know? Right. I think people um, in every place and every time need to hear that because that's one of the proclivities of the of the sinful man or sinful right. woman. You know, we all drift that direction. Yeah. And it's just it's 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 evident here people that no no matter what if you do not repent if you do not turn back to your first love if you do not follow the words of Christ and his commandments god will remove himself you know and, and i mean it's it's evident right here that obviously God removed the lampstand from Ephesus, and it has not returned. Right. Um, because now the country which Ephesus once stood is now an Islamic religion um, and faith. Be killing sin, or sin will be or killing sin you. Will be killing you. And Great your church, Allen. and your witness in, in your geographical region. It's, sin yeah. will, will take all that sin over. Will, sin will conquer that. Sin will take it over and... It will just prepare the hearts and minds of men for the day of Christ's reckoning, you know, and it'll be game but you over. Know, what, what is interesting, and I think, because I think we're getting close on time here, but um, because... You're getting close on time. <laughs> because <laughs> despite the fact that God removed the lampstand of this church at that time, and Turkey is now a predominantly Muslim area... That doesn't mean does not that, mean that a church can't move in. Yeah, exactly. The the Church of Christ cannot overcome that area again. Right. I mean, it absolutely, one hundred percent can. If, uh, we've already seen hell uh, will not places, prevail against you know. So we will. Yeah, places that have been evangelized and then another religion run in there ha- have been re-evangelized before. Yes. And, and and really, even the most evangelized community still needs to be evangelized because we yeah. are so quick to forget the truth, and we are so quickly to backslide and fall back into um, our our, our pet sins, states of mind. You know, our 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 old futility of their mind. You know, we we'd fall back right into that, um, and I, I believe we all do that. And in many many cases, that's why. We are constantly upholding the truth with each other. Um, we are constantly sharpening each other and trying to nudge each other along. And I think that's very important that we we even go into these types of areas that the gospel is not being proclaimed and actually proclaim the gospel again. Mm-hmm. You know, go back into this area. Let's let's see if we can not relight the flame that used to be in there help help just well and let's, and you know let's show as, them Christ you know as as children of the reformation i think that's totally in line with with where we are as well you know i right. i i think the the western church for sure um the lampstand of the western church on a whole was was preserved in in the reformation because the church was ready to be to to dive off into apostasy at that point if it hadn't already um right and until the until in god's grace the gospel was recovered in proclaiming uh the forgiveness of sins justification in christ alone not through uh, a papal indulgence not through um somehow the 
remission of original sin at your baptism as an infant, all these kinds of things, uh, because we recovered the biblical gospel, um, there is still a strong lampstand um, in the West and by God's grace um, stretching across the world as well. So exactly. I, I, we have to, especially now given the our Reformation Day celebrations, we have to remember not only that history, but continue to remember the reforms that um, that were given to us the in the recovery of the gospel. And number one, to not forget it now, and then to teach it to others so that it won't be forgotten in the future. To keep passing that gospel on um, the the successive generations. I think it's really important. And that's why we celebrate uh, the Reformation, um, the big historical milestones in the in the actual 16th century Re- Reformation period. Uh, we can't forget where we came from. Right. Reformed and always reforming. Boom. So it comes down to, and you can't do that outside of the close reading and study of Scripture. That's all I have to say about that. We we barely got to touch this passage today. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we did a pretty good job. I think uh, not bad. But um, so where can they find us? Well, you can go to our website, guyswithbibles.com, and you can go there and read our blogs. You can go and uh, listen to audio of the podcast there, uh, but you should also use your free will to choose a podcatcher and go on that podcatcher and subscribe to Guys With Bibles. Uh, you can find us on social media, on on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Guys With Bibles. You can also go to Facebook, like our page, and request to join our Facebook group. You can also email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com. And we do have open DMs on Twitter, too, so feel free to drop a line. Um, some good conversations go on in the uh, the inbox on Twitter, so I'm very grateful. Uh, shout out to Michael for his uh, constant messages. I love those. It's been a good conversation. So thank you. Thank you to all who uh, keep in touch with us and listen and talk to us. We really appreciate all that feedback. And while you're here, you should go to the show notes and check out the rest of the Bar Network. Uh, There's some really amazing podcasters on the network. Um, We're so happy to be part of it. And you really should just go ahead and, and hit subscribe on those shows too. Um, it will do you a world of good. Amen. And, and happy Reformation Day. Happy Reformation Day. And we will catch you next time on Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. And I'm Lee. He's Lee. And, and we're out. we will see you later. Peace. No, you want this podcast. Ha <laughs> ha.